you should be focusing on your brand, on your creative, on your storefronts, you know, on posts, on, on all these like marketing levers that Amazon gives you because it's going to be uh, it's going to be an advantage when more of that like rolls into part of the advertising platform. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. And today I'm doing kind of this dual recording with Laron Hirschkorn. And, you know, Laron, I could give the intro for you, but maybe introduce yourself and then I can give a quick background, too, because I know you're going to be putting this on your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been selling uh, and a seller on Amazon since 2014. I started out with arbitrage and then got into wholesale, then got into private label in 2015, have built private label brands. And that led me to also helping sellers with, with private label and eventually starting, starting an agency business as well called Incrementum Digital. That's awesome. And it's cool too, because I, so I started at the exact same time. I started in 2014. And I also started with Retail Arbitrage. And Retail Arb is awesome for getting going in the Amazon seller sphere, just for getting to know all the different pieces for the business. So got started in Retail Arb and then launched my own private label company. So I was selling these organic chemistry molecular model kits. I'm a chemical engineer by background, and they're used for OCHEM courses. And then in 2017, grew my business to the point where I was looking to outsource my advertising. And when I looked around at what different agencies were offering, found that what I was doing was quite a bit more complex than, you know, kind of what was out there. So at that point, really pivoted into the agency side. And since then, Matt, our co-founder, I have been working with AdAdvance, um, working on all things full service management for both sponsored ads and and now DSP too. So yeah, I was really excited to sit down and talk to you. Laurent's got a great background on everything Amazon wise. And we figured it'd be fun to get together and talk through like some of the new features that have recently been rolled out, kind of what we're excited for going forward, and then where we really see Amazon advertising evolving into. So Laurent, maybe I can just kick it over to you. Like What's some exciting new features that, that you've seen or got pumped up about recently on the Amazon advertising sphere? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I, the biggest innovation, I think, has been the rise, the rise of video ads that has been, you know, gaining popularity over the last year. Um, recently, Amazon has added like product targeting to it, which indicates to me that maybe we'll see video ads on detail pages you know, where, where we're not seeing it now. So I think we're going to see more placements for video. I think I've started to see Amazon testing video at the top of search as well. So like just the use of, of video and where it's going to kind of live and placements around it, I think is, you know, is a really, really exciting thing and a great opportunity for those that are like fully taking advantage of, you know, using, having video on like every single product, as far as like video ads, even testing, you know, A-B testing two or three different types of videos to see what works best in terms of clicks and, and conversions around your product. So to me, that's still one of the lowest hanging fruit that a lot of sellers either have not implemented or have implemented on some products, but said, hey, like, you know, I haven't had a chance or like Amazon created a, a couple of like slideshow type videos for me, but I haven't had a chance to like really do anything more. And it's still one of the best performing, you know, ad types. For sure. Yeah, we're, we're seeing the exact same thing where other than sponsor products, top of search, sponsor brand video ads convert the best after a click. 
And like you're seeing too, we're seeing a lot more placements for video ads. They're definitely expanding that. And video ads are awesome because they take up so much real estate in the search results. And mm -hmm. I like your thoughts too on it actually getting into the product pages. Cause man, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough as a seller when you have competitors that are showing videos that like autoplay potentially on your product yeah. detail page itself. Like click-through rates are great and conversion rates are so good for these because everybody gets a preview of you know, mm -hmm. what your product is before they click. And the beauty with sponsored brands video ads is that we pay per click. And so, yep. uh, you know, if somebody watches it and they don't click, that's great because we just screened out somebody who probably wouldn't purchase anyway, and then you don't have to pay for that. So I agree. Yeah, and I guess the question for you is like, how important do you think the video is in the, in the, in the video ad itself? Like, yeah. you, have, you have the product name, you have the reviews and the price next to it. Do you think, I mean, I've had some conversations with people where they say, you know, the video should kind of do some of the selling for you before you get to the listing or should the video and the, the real estate just drive the click? Like how, how should people kind of think about, you know, how important the video is? Like is a slideshow good enough? And is it somewhat dependent on if you have a product with like a thousand reviews, do you not need as strong of a video as when you have, you know, five reviews, for example? For sure. Yeah. And so what I would say is if you're not running video ads right now, do not get hung up on trying to create these super professional videos. And in some instances, I honestly think the super professional videos do worse. And the reason is they look just more like your traditional advertisement, which we've been trained to just tune out. Whereas if I see somebody who's taking like an iPhone video, even like or the right. slideshows, I, I don't know, for some reason, it looks different enough to me where it attracts my eye personally. So we've seen some very, we'll say non-professional videos that perform really well. And I think you're hitting on a great point because we get centered on the videos itself. Like, yep, the video itself may not be as professional, but there's that huge real estate piece too. And right. especially if you've got strong pricing or awesome reviews, your product title is fully optimized like it should be. You know, just having that, it's like, it's just like a giant search result in itself. And the video can be counted as this extra incremental thing for it. But right. it, you're, that was a great approach right there too, because we get hung up on the videos themselves and what performs well. But it's just the placement is huge in itself right. too. I mean, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, my, my take, you know, I've seen videos where I wouldn't think they're great video. For example, it, you know, or the ideal video, it could be, somebody that's standing there talking and there's no captions right and the sound is off by default and i'm and i'm and i see this ad continuously running and i'm like it must be working for them you know if they keep running if they're keep running this ad but you know it's like a sleep mask and it's 9.99 and it has you know 7000 reviews and so to me that is just the social proof of having the reviews there and taking up the space is enough to drive the click sure and it's 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 obviously converting for them so i i think I think in certain cases, the video is not as important. You know, it's more about taking up the real estate, especially if you have the social proof. If you don't, you know, if you have a new product or if you don't have reviews, then I think it becomes a little bit more important to have a video that kind of shows like why somebody should 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 click in. But if you have the social proof, I agree. Like, I think you should, I think you just need to get it up versus being concerned about having like 
you know, uh, an amazing video. We've done, you know, like two types of videos, one like a slideshow, basically just taking the images, putting them into a slideshow software. We use um, Biteable as a tool. It's like 500 bucks for the year and you can do like unlimited videos. So it's very cost effective. Um, and we've also used Storyblocks to basically buy stock video footage and combine that with images of the product and kind of make something a little bit more, you know, interactive. It works well for like a lot of products like supplements, things like that, right? You can have like the dog running and kind of like adding adding some things that are like that are easy or easier with certain products. And those seem to to work well also. So I really think it's about capturing the real estate that's actually more important than like what the video actually is. But we, we had this discussion with the, with the customer and he, and he said like, what do you think of the video? Is it really showing the benefits and selling the product? Yeah. And my thought was like, I don't know how much selling you need to do in the video itself. You really need to like take up the real estate and, and drive the click sure. um, that you might get from the social proof of like the product. And, and, and in his case, they had the, they had the reviews. So I didn't feel like the video really had to sell the product all that much, you know, sure. that, that was, that it was like the most important thing. Sure. Yeah. A couple of things that we've seen, like you hit on captions. So many yeah. people, as you're scrolling through, even if you want to listen to the video, you've got to find the button to like turn on the audio. Um, and right. so having captions, especially at the front is huge. Other things that we found is just something that captures their attention too, that makes their eyes stop mm -hmm. on that real estate. Um, so that first couple seconds is really huge. Other videos that we've seen do well are for like, for instance, I, I have three kids. And so when we're looking at different toys, like I love to see them in action and I'm a science nerd. So, you know, if we're like yep. buying a rocket to shoot off in the backyard and everything, like I want to see that actually like getting shot off. And then I know how right. it's used and everything too. So I think those products that like would definitely benefit from people using them, those are great to show. Like you don't even have to like go through all the key attributes or why you're better, just show it in use so people can picture how they use it. The other ones that we've seen is just really focusing more on kind of like building up that brand image and everything too. But again, I wouldn't get hung up like Liron saying on, you don't need that super professional video for these. Like, if you just get them up, they take up so much real estate. And then it's really going to be interesting how product targeting is utilized. But we're continually seeing more and more of these placements and they're doing well and Amazon's making money from them. So I think it's going to continue to grow as is my personal perspective on the video side. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we started to see, I think, top of search. We started to see the placement show up on the second page where it used to be only on the first page. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know, how it plays out, if it's going to be on, on product detail pages. But my, my feeling is if Amazon added product targeting, then it kind of makes sense that it would, that it would show up as a result in search results and on product detail pages. And again, it'll be, it'll be another advantage to those that like implement it and target, you know, competitor ASINs specifically kind of based on where, you know, they have great video and they, they, they think you can take sales away from a particular product by having video on the on the page, it'll be interesting to see also, you know, people creating um, specific videos, you know, maybe based on based on like some, some of the targets, you know. Yeah, that, and, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, which, not you know, you not specifically mentioning the other products, but yeah. looking at them and finding all the key attributes where your product is better. Yeah. Know? And that's where um, ASIN defense strategies are going to get to be even more important mm. than they are right now, too, trying to kick off competitors on your own product detail pages. Right. 
Um, and so and right. now now we could potentially throw a video in the mix, which will be interesting to see. Yeah, because you don't think so much. I mean, there there's obviously the brand name, but you don't think so much of like, you know, defensive video ads. So that'll be interesting to start um, seeing that. Yeah, and I think it's a great move by Amazon's part because it's going to take up space and people are going to click. And somewhere like 15% of all sales on Amazon come as a result of somebody clicking on something on, on a detail page. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and like where else you'll see video ads on the on the on the site. Yeah, for sure. And you know, so another one that we can maybe pivot to is like talking through sponsor display. We've had the pleasure of working with the sponsor display team quite a bit and they are they're rolling out a bunch of new features. And so, I mean, just quickly taking a step back for those who aren't fully familiar with sponsor display, how we like to explain it is it's kind of in two different categories. So you've got product targeting on one side, which you can kind of view that as just an extension of sponsored products, product targeting ads. Um, they typically appear below the buy box and the product bullets or the, the, the details. And with these ads, you can customize them a bit, but they're kind of just like sponsored products, product targeting ads tend to perform pretty similarly. Um, and then on the other hand, it's kind of like the self-service DSP type ads, and we can get into DSP in a little bit. What Sponsor Display is trying to do is give other advertising targeting tools to us as sellers. And so with this, we've had views remarketing. So that's been out there for quite a while. So if somebody views my page within the last 30 days or view similar products within the last 30 days, I can now show my ads to them on and off of Amazon. But now they've launched new audience targeting. So maybe you, you want to walk us through the, the new audience targeting yeah. features? Yeah. So so like you said, it seems like Amazon is bringing more of the targeting that you could traditionally do with DSP into self-service, like Seller Central, which is, again, smart, right? Like it's increasing, you know, the ability for, for sellers who, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to do DSP or the minimums don't make sense or, to you know, to at least like dip their toe into some of the capabilities that uh, that are within DSP. So the audience targeting basically allows you to reach basically a bigger pool of customers, right? Uh, on Amazon today, you know, if you think of like search versus like Facebook, right? Facebook, traditionally, you're targeting like audiences, people that have had a, a baby recently, or people that have bought a product in a particular category, or parents with with kids, you know, at a certain age, Amazon now allows you to do that within these audiences where traditionally you can't do that within just targeting search, right? You're either targeting keywords or you're targeting products or you're targeting categories, but you're not targeting specifically this like customer. So um, now with audiences, you have, I believe there's four different categories there, right? Like lifestyle, interests, life events, and in market. So different audiences where you can kind of drill down on people that are likely to be interested in a particular category or, or having a particular life event. We've tested this. What I, what I like about it versus, let's say, so there's there's kind of pros and cons, right, in terms of like Amazon seller central capabilities versus DSP. DSP is a lot more detailed in terms of the specific targeting you could do uh, with third-party sites specifically that you could target with the custom creatives that, that you can control with like look-back windows, right? There's a lot more to it. But the nice thing here is that it's a cost per click model on the audience targeting. I kind of like that because if somebody, you know, on the DSP model, it's a cost per view. So somebody views an ad, you're kind of paying for it, where here they have to click on it, which to me shows like a 
bigger buying so intent. Purchase intent. Yep, exactly. Purchase intent. Yeah. So we've, you know, we've done some testing around it and have seen some some results, I think, better than what we expected. Uh, because like the way I view this is that it's very much considered like a, a top of funnel, right? Like a brand mm -hmm. awareness type of type of advertising. I think it works really well also if you are doing retargeting because, you know, you're getting those people to view, then you're retargeting them again. It's kind of like a nice, um, you know, loop of like the, the client, the customer journey. Uh, but it's considered very much like top of funnel. You know, we we're kind of surprised to see like some pretty decent results, like just early in terms of like testing this. Sure. Uh, sure. I don't know on your end in terms of like what you've what you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. And so in general, I, I totally agree. I, and having both parts of the funnel built out are key. So if you're going to do the broader audience targeting, make sure that you have views remarketing set up too. And so and the way to look at it is you are driving new people to your products who would not have been exposed to your products without these ads. And so you are expanding your customer base from them. And one piece that I think that we all need to be aware of is that as you go further up the funnel, your results in terms of ROAS or ACOS are not going to be as good because you're getting broader. Again, you're, you're finding these people who are outside of your typical, like very segmented core buying range. But at the same time, you're expanding that customer base. And so where I see these bigger funnel approaches really working out is for those sellers who have built up really strong brands or who have a lot of repeat purchases too. Because one thing to keep in mind is that when we look at ACOS or ROAS, that just takes that original or that initial sale that we have from the ad. It doesn't count in repeat purchases or anything else like that. Or if they came back and bought other products from our brand, that's all not counted in either. And so piece that I would definitely look at is like under brand analytics, you can get your repeat purchase rate. So if you have a consumable product, take that into account. Try to figure out how many people cross purchase from you so you can get more of that lifetime value of your customer. And then from there, now you can figure out, all right, even though I'm not getting as good of an ACOS or ROAS from these upper funnel strategies, I'm bringing these people to my brand and they're going to repeat purchase from me. And so this is just a new way that I acquire and continue to expand my overall brand. Because as just getting so used on the Amazon advertising side, I, I think a lot of people get fixated on ACOS or ROAS, where <laughs> if you're coming from the Google or Facebook side, you know, you're doing more of the full funnel strategies. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to branch people a lot more into that, I guess. You know, I just talked quite a bit. Like, what, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, right? no, it, it totally makes sense. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, yeah, if you're if you're somebody that has one product, right, like maybe it's not going to be as effective for you than if you're somebody that has a consumable product, for example, or if you're someone or if you're a brand that that has, you know, a storefront with, you know, 15, 20 different types of products all within the same kind of niche, right? I'm thinking, you know, for example, we have some brands that we work with. You you probably have products in this space too. Let's say like the home decor kind of like sure. signs, right? Yep. Like where you have people that are running these kind of brands usually have, you know, many, many variations of different types of you know, signs that people put up around the house, uh, for, for example, right? For home decor. If you have a brand like that, then you're getting somebody to, yeah, to come in. They might buy more than one product right for for different rooms they might click on your storefront they might explore they may come back and buy something as a gift like you have you just have a more opportunity for them to purchase from you now and in the future sure. um 
So to me that, yeah, that makes more, you know, more sense. Also, I think if you have higher price products, right, good opportunity sure. because your, your cost per click is going to be probably very similar, you know, with these audiences as somebody with a, with the lower price product and you can, you can achieve a better row as like as a result, but I think it's definitely worth testing. The nice thing about this is, you know, a lot of people kind of, I think hear about DSP, but don't have a full understanding of what DSP really is, right? They just hear this term and they're like, hey, I want to try this, but sure. they don't fully understand that it's, you know, to, to some extent, like there's a brand building aspect to it. There's, you know, there's like you said, top of funnel strategies. This is a way for people to test out, right? Like, what does this look like? You know, targeting audiences, what, what might it look like with DSP? And again, D DSP is a little bit of a different ball game because you can be a lot more customized in your, in your targeting. But you can at least get some sense of what it's like to target, you know, to target audiences and drive additional traffic to your brand. And like what you should be seeing is if you drive enough traffic over time is you should you should see more branded searches of people searching your brand. Right. And you want to kind of see this lift in branded searches. You can measure that potentially through brand analytics. If you're you know, if you're if your brand has enough searches or you can measure it with helium search volume, or you can measure it with your PPC, like clicks on, you know, branded terms, which you should be separating also, right? Like in terms of campaign structure, something we, I often see is people not separating out their branded terms, but these are all things you can measure. Sure. Um, what you might not always see is the actual ROAS in these top of funnel audiences, because if somebody does come to your listing, leaves, gets retargeted, then that attribution is going to end up showing up on the on the retargeting campaign, for example. So you want to look at, you know, some other metrics as well, just to see how, how effective they are. For sure. Yep. And if we're looking at like who these strategies tend to fit best for, you know, it is those brands that have built up like, you know, a very cohesive brand or has complementary products to you where you can potentially get these cross purchases or higher priced items like you're saying too. Those are great. Mm -hmm. If you have a lot of lower price products that aren't really related and they're just typically one-time purchases, it might be tougher to justify because at that point, your advertising is going to be much more based off of that initial ROAS or ACOS. Um, but yep. if you do have the margin and the price flexibility, I guess, being meaning high price or that brand where they have repeat purchases, now we can accept not seeing that direct ACOS on these higher funnel strategies because we know we're going to convert them and those that we do convert are going to have a good lifetime value for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think it's, um, I think we're going to see more opportunities within sponsored display. Like I think before the end of the year, you mentioned you, you kind of work with the, with the, uh, with the Amazon team on sponsored display. And like the indication I'm getting is that just they're kind of building out more and more in terms of what the capabilities are. One of the things that I've been also just to talk a little bit about sponsored display that I've been utilizing, and we've seen some good um, results and, and it seems only some accounts have this which is the unconsumables which is targeting past purchasers so you might have this if you're listening you know you might have this in your account if you click on audiences and underneath that you see three kind of tabs which is the views and remarketing i think there's something called searches. searches yep searches yep. and purchases and purchasers so unconsumable products you know we've seen some nice results with re targeting past buyers, right? Which again, would only kind of make sense on a consumable product, but, and that's the one part of sponsored display that seems to come from both views and clicks, unlike other parts, but it's another area that if you have that and you have consumable products, you should definitely be 
testing, we're not necessarily, uh, I feel like we can get bigger spend on those segments with uh, DSP than what I see in terms of seller central, but you know, we, we're not running, we're not running out of budgets on, on these campaigns. We do seem to get a nice ACOS as a result. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure how much cannibalization there is of like any repeat buyers anyway. I mean, maybe sure. Amazon is showing this to like subscribe and save customers. Like, I don't know, but the ACOS has been so low on it that it's worth running. Even if I am cannibalizing, you know, customers that we're going to buy anyway, you know, like a repeat purchase. Yep. We've been seeing the same thing for purchases and we've been hoping that this gets rolled out to everybody too, because it is other, and it's very common targeting strategies. And what the sponsor display team is doing is they're trying to take these major strategies that you can utilize in DSP and making them simple enough where we can implement them very quickly within the ad console versus having to go through DSP, which is much more complex. Yeah. So they've been doing a great job at rolling these out. And yep, I, I continue to expect that they're going to keep adding new features as we go. So definitely looking forward to that. And as a seller, this is a great way to trial it. And it kind of gives you a little preview on DSP. But maybe maybe we can go into DSP a bit too. So like DSP is kind of like sponsored display audience targeting on steroids, where you have much, much more control. So uh, maybe give me your perspective on DSP brief overview and kind of how you're using it right now. Yeah. So, I mean, the way the way I see DSP is the opposite of what you could do in Seller Central, like we like we spoke about, right? Seller Central, I would call like search, right? Or campaign manager, I would call mostly like search based marketing and targeting versus DSP is the demand side platform. You're trying to generate demand for a product outside of a person specifically looking for that particular product and you know kind of look at it as bottom of the funnel like retargeting past purchasers or retargeting you know people who view your listing to middle of the funnel which is like competitor targeting targeting people that have you know viewed competitor asins um, or cross-selling you know somebody who bought one product from you showing them another product and then top of the funnel audience targeting as well as even doing things like, you know, running ads on like Fire TV, right? Like which we have, we have one client that, that does and online video ads. You could be very specific. You could put an ad specifically on Twitch because you want to reach, you know, those audiences. Amazon is rolling out capabilities for you to run ads on uh, football, on Thursday night football, because they, you know, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Yep. You can do, you do things that mostly bigger brands will do, or you could do some things that are more bottom and middle of the funnel, which will be sort of a mix between, you know, sort of immediate return today and some kind of building up the brand and driving kind of kind of more demand. So I see it as, you know, I see it as an opportunity where if you have, if you are already spending, I think, I think this is up for, for you know, sort of debate, but if you're already spending X amount on Amazon ads, maybe it's 10,000 a month or 25,000 a month or 50,000, you've kind of like, maximized all the opportunities there and you want to create additional demand you want to also build more brand awareness you have opportunities to utilize dsp and, and i do think there's some low-hanging fruit between like consumable products that you know you want to target those repeat purchasers i think you have more control with dsp and more ability to, to reach more people you can negate those subscribe and save audiences right like there's certain things you can do that you can't do in, in seller central and i think also high price products right product especially on retargeting a product that somebody is not necessarily they're maybe doing more research around there's more of a decision making process around you know buying a 
$200 product as opposed to a, a $10 product. So to me, those are s somewhat low hanging fruit in terms of like, you know, the opportunity. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and really what we're doing too is like some of the strategies that we just talked about with sponsored display. We utilize that in DSP, but what's cool with DSP for people like us is that we can add much more complexity and depth to it. So for instance, for like views remarketing, it's the last 30 days in sponsored display. What we can do is we can break it up into different time frames. So like zero to two days, let's show the ad much more frequently because they're going to have much more purchase intent than if they viewed the product 30 days ago. And so we can establish all these different tiers as we go. Um, like mm -hmm. purchases that you talked about that's available to some people. So for consumables, we should definitely set up different purchase campaigns. Say they buy supplements and they typically go through them in 30 days. All right, let's have an ad run on day 28 um, when they're getting low and they're looking to reorder again and show those ads both on and off of Amazon. And so what's really cool with DSP is that it gives you all the tools available with like sponsored display audiences, but then so much more. You can really, really customize it and find these different instances where you can filter the audience down to those who are most likely to convert and then build out that full funnel structure to initially get interest, bring them to the brand. And then, you know, for the higher price products like you're talking about, if it, they need more time to really convert, all right, They've now seen your brand. They've now viewed the product with a detailed page. Now let's do retargeting to bring them back again. So there's so many strategies that you can do to slowly bring them down the funnel to that mm -hmm. final purchase. And so you definitely want to build out, start by building the foundation and then working your way up the funnel. But you can also implement like the full funnel at the same time. You just want to make sure that if you're doing top of funnel strategies, you've also got that bottom of the funnel built out. Right. To, to bring to bring those to bring those people back. And yeah, the nice thing is that you could do, you know, the custom creative, right? So you can show you can show your line of products, you can have specific messaging, you can have a uh, different your color scheme, right? Like lifestyle images, you can do you could just do a lot more also with the creative and test different messaging in terms of like what's working, what's getting a better click through rate, you know, when when you are when you are getting clicks, you can also drive traffic to the storefront through those clicks. So yeah, it's kind of like sponsored display on steroids in terms of like you said your 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 capabilities to to customize. I do also like sending traffic to the to the storefront. I do think that's kind of like another area that Amazon is trying to put a lot more focus on. Uh, it seems right. They just added sure. posts um, into the storefront. They've been adding these big blocks on certain detail pages, showing people's like pages on the on the storefronts. So I, I think that's another area that's going to get more and more popular and obviously one of the best ways to get traffic to the storefront is also through like sponsored brand ads i, I saw a beta at some point sometime in the last six months i saw it kind of pop up and go away i feel like but it was the ability to run a video ad to the storefront and i think that's going to be that's going to be coming too and it'll be interesting to see you know how those you know convert versus going to uh to a detail page so i think you'll sure. i think you're going to see i think if you haven't sort of built out your storefront and thinking about it like building out your website, you know, I think it's a missed opportunity. Some things I've seen, you know, I saw a brand that recently approached us, they're in the food space, and I clicked on their storefront, and I saw they had a recipe page. And they had their products, and they had recipes of how to, with some videos and images on like, basically using their products to create recipes. And, you know, I thought it was such a smart way to utilize 
the storefront because they're kind of adding content in there, showing how to use their products, kind of like how you would have on a on a website, right? Sure. And I think sellers are thinking today of their storefronts more for like product sales, not really so much content. But I think it's going to be something that with posts and with people building out storefronts and following your brand, you should start thinking about how you can actually get people to spend more time and kind of consume content on on your uh, on your storefront. So for I think sure. it's another you know interesting uh, area for for marketing. Yeah, and I, I love the approach for top of funnel strategies too. Send them to your storefront yep. versus the product detail page. Let them get more familiar with your brand, browse your products, and then find that product that works best. We've seen the same thing for sponsored brand ads in general. When you can direct them to a storefront versus product detail pages, um, Amazon puts out a bunch of studies that storefronts convert better if that's the landing page for your sponsor brand ads. And we've seen the same thing personally, too, in terms of overall conversion rate. So it is an extra step to get them to that purchase, but it helps to build up that connection and that branding as you go. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think having I think building out your storefront and thinking about paid traffic right to it um, will make you maybe build it differently. Right. Like you might want more sub pages that are kind of more specific to a line of products that you have in turn, instead of like one page, it has a mix of like 20 different products that are not as, you know, like, I feel like if you sell fitness equipment and you have weights and then you have yoga equipment, and then you have resistance bands, for example, or workout clothing, you're going to want to have those, like you want to, you want to have every kind of niche separated out. So you can like, be very targeted in terms of the keywords that you're driving to, to those pages. And that's that's one thing where we've we've sort of advised, you know, advised clients who have had pages kind of mixed with like just like all their products instead of separating it out. So I would um, I would think about that. And yeah, I think I think it's going to be a great opportunity. And like you said, a Amazon says 29. I think you have 29 percent better, you know, uh, ROI on sending traffic to do the storefront than to uh, you know just a regular product collection page. Sure. Yep. We personally haven't seen quite that high, but it's definitely yeah. it, it's in probably about the 20 percent range for sure. So, yeah. Where do you think we're going? Where is Amazon advertising going? What should sellers focus on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think we definitely see Amazon appealing more and more to to brands, right, into giving brands tools and around building a following and putting content. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if Amazon posts does actually become like a cost per click will you be able to target will you have sponsored posts right sure. that you get like that featured kind of like Facebook, yeah. you know um on a on a page from from post so i i mean from what we're seeing right like more video more obviously audience and like some of the things that are available in in dsp sending traffic to to storefronts and you know building up your your brand you know kind of like where where things are going and and I think also in general like video will play a more important role in a, in a in a bunch of areas like on your A plus content I think you'll be able to have video like we see that now in Launchpad I think that will come everywhere eventually so definitely you know I think having having video and utilizing video and more more of what's in DSP in terms of like greater reach beyond just keywords so yeah I mean will will it be as complex as like a Facebook you know targeting or, you know, all these like audiences and will that will that be more of the way brands are capturing like, you know, targeting maybe if cost per click gets kind of like more as cost per click gets more expensive, you know, 
it'll be it'll be interesting to uh to see but i, I think definitely like sellers should take from this that you should be focusing on your brand on your creative on your storefronts you know on posts on, on all these like marketing levers that amazon gives you because it's going to be an advantage when more of that like rolls into part of the advertising platform for sure yeah and, and i completely agree and all the key things that I see coming forward really apply to those bigger brands that, you know, can kind of utilize those full funnel strategies that we talked about. And so right now on Amazon itself, I feel like we're pretty close to being saturated with the amount of ads that they can show, you know? So as Amazon looks to grow Amazon advertising as a whole, they may preferentially give placements to better performing ads, say like video, which, you know, can be more helpful than like, say some of the sponsored ads, in my opinion, for the shopper. So I can see them continuing to promote that as we go, just like you were saying. And then I think the other key piece is, especially with these different privacy updates, like the Apple OS 14 update and everything too, you're going to see a lot of bigger brands migrating to Amazon advertising in general and utilizing more complex tools like DSP because you get such awesome first party consumer shopping data um, that you can really finely tune your audience. And so I think even like non Amazon focused brands are gonna be migrating pretty significantly to DSP too. But for the Amazon seller itself, being able to build a brand, your storefront and the complementary products and cross-selling and everything else like that, it builds into this case where now you can establish this full funnel strategy and then start working into a sponsored display audience targeting or DSP and utilize those insights where you can keep getting that edge against competitors who aren't quite that far or haven't built that solid brand. So I feel like it all ties together. I love your focus on brands and just how you establish that. And then at that point, now really work your way into those upper funnel strategies to continue to acquire new customers, convert them, and then keep them as lifelong customers as you go. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what gets rolled out over the next, by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. And so for for people who want to find out more about you and everything who's listening to our podcast, where should they go? Uh, Sure. So uh, Incrementum Digital. Uh, is the is the website incrementumdigital.com or um, this will be on my podcast as well e-commerce mindset and facebook group for for you it's uh at advance right yep uh, yep so ad advance yep you can go to that site um the ad project podcast is our podcast that we have if you want to find me like i'm very active on like linkedin or facebook you can search for joe shellerud it's super easy to spell just kidding but you can look it up And then you can find me and we can connect there. So, hey, it was awesome talking to you about all these new features. So I really appreciate you joining. Same here. Thank you for having me. 